When I was reading the Parsha today, I noticed a really weird, um, I guess, occurrence. It's a really weird pattern, really. That's what it was. Um, which is that Moses keeps going up and down Mount Sinai multiple times. Like, it's always been kind of confusing. Like, when do we get the tablets versus, like, the like, the, like, what's the Torah that we get? Because, like, we get the Ten Commandments, and that's not for a while before we get the tablets, and it's just, it's kind of strange. But, you know, rabbis always teach us that the Torah is written like a Quentin Tarantino film, that there's really no concept of, of timeline, of chronology. So it's so, you well, know... Rabbis teach that, huh? They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. There's no beginning. There's no not, nothing, is, nothing is before, nothing is after. It's just, it's, yeah. it, it's just kind of a... Whatever. It's this kind of... Uh, um, it's hyperdimensional. Sure, hyperdimensional. <laughs> so, but what is clear, though, in the, in the Parsha, is that it says that God descends... Moses goes up mountain to speak with God. God tells Moses to go down and tell all the people to prepare themselves because in three days' time they're going to get the Torah. So then... Three days later, you know, God go, uh, Moses, God comes down onto Mount Sinai. Moses calls Moses to come up to God. God. Moses goes up to God. God gets up and says, go back down to the people. Make sure they don't come up onto the mountain. And so Moses goes back down. And then God says, you know, come back up with Aaron. Make sure the other people don't come up. And so Moses goes back up. And then God says, no, go back down and warn the people. So Moses goes back down. And based on all this, and what comes right after this, I actually believe that the people didn't hear any of the Ten Commandments coming from God, but they only heard the Ten Commandments coming from Moses. So here's why. In all this up, back and forth, up and down, when God tells Moses to go downstairs, to go back down the mountain to speak to the people, Moses comes down and says that Moses went down, Vayered Moshe, El uh, Ha'am, Moses went down towards the people. Vayamru Alehem, I believe it is. And he said to them, and then the very next verse, that's the very last verse of chapter 19, and the very first verse of chapter 20 is, Vayamru Nai, it's called the Varim Ha'ileh, Vayamur. And God spoke all these you know, utterances, all these words, uh, saying, I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. So most people would traditionally read this as saying that Moses comes down to the people and just speaks to them. Probably just speaks to them, saying the things that God said, you know, the, the, you know, the warnings not to come up the mountain. But why is it then the very next line is, and God spoke to and, you know, and God spoke all these things, saying. It's this weird kind of transition. And actually, the way that I would read it is that, that and God spoke all these utterances, you know, saying, is actually in quotes. Moses is saying this to the people. This is what God said. I am Adonai, your God. That is Moses directly quoting what God says. So the first two commandments are Moses directly quoting God. And the last uh, uh, eight commandments are Moses. Moses kind of expounding upon it because uh, all those. Play, I mean, the first two are said in the first person, "I am Adonai," and the last eight 
if they do mention God, it talks about God in the third person. So it's this really kind of weird thing. The rabbis have a field day trying to figure out what actually the Israelites heard or didn't hear. Rambam uh, does hold a position that the people didn't hear anything from God either. They just see all the noise and all the, the fire and, and the thunder, and they're terrified. Um, they see Moses speaking with God, and they see that they hear this sound. They don't actually know what it is. But what's interesting is that further on in chapter 20, God tells Moses to tell the people that God spoke with them. He says, God says, uh, you know, speak to the children of Israel, that you shall say to the, to the Israelites, that you all saw that I spoke with you all from the heavens. It's kind of strange. Why would God need Moses to tell the Israelites that they all spoke with God if they actually experienced that? If they actually heard God speak to them, like, why would they need Moses to reiterate that for them? Which is what leads me to believe that they didn't actually hear God speaking to them directly. They just heard this kind of sound, this awesome moment, and they required Moses to tell them what it was that they heard. Well, you've got other evidence for that. But the senses seem to be mixed up. They saw the voices. Yeah, and they, they, they yeah. heard the lightning. They heard the lightning. Yeah, it's a, this, this whole kind of... They're, they're all... I mean, so, maybe they couldn't cope with it. So here's, here's what I think. That... This all started, by the way, with me looking up Syrian rule. To oh, think, like... I know about Syrian rule. To see, like, was there actually, like, some sort of... Yeah. Any reference, like, what, what is the word for Syrian rule in Hebrew? And to see, like, what? was there some sort of hallucinogenic experience? What's Syrian rue is not rue, but it looks like rue. It is a plant that has many benefits to it and it's used throughout the Middle East. And one thing, if you take more than a certain amount, can lead to hallucinations. Um... So, yes. So anyway, that's kind of where I first started thinking about this. But if you think about it, whatever the profound moment was that the Israelites experienced, thunder, fire, lightning, the earth trembling, some kind of crazy natural experience, it could be a completely overwhelming experience. It takes somebody really special who is very attuned with the world, and who has really prepared themselves to be able to have a truly divine, deep, revelatory experience. But anybody can still have a really profound experience. You may not necessarily know exactly what it is that you're experiencing, right? But I've spoken about this before, the high holidays, you know, why we come together in community, because that sense of collective effervescence that you get, to quote, um, uh, Oh my God, it's Jewish father of sociology. I'm completely blanking. I just learned this yesterday. Who's the father of sociology? No, no, I'm completely blanking right now. Um, but either way, with this idea of collective effervescence, right, you can go to a concert and have this really profound experience, and you don't really know what it is, you can't really explain it, but you know that you had this awesome experience. Right? You can go out in nature, and you can have this really profound experience that's kind of hard to explain, and so you use really abstract language. And sometimes what it requires is it requires a guide who can sit there and walk us through what we experience, which is the whole thing. If you are using Syrian rue in a, in a ritual, like a, a, a religious ceremony, you have a guide 
a spiritual guide that walks you through so you kind of make sense of everything that you experience. This is no different than how Yosef, you know, helped interpret dreams for people. You have these interesting, powerful experiences and you need somebody to help make sense of it. Which may be why, it's why we call Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? Moses, our teacher. Not because he taught us God's Torah per se, but because Moses helped us understand what we experienced at Sinai. He was our guide, in a way. And so this is actually echoed then, I think, by this whole constant going up, this ascending and descending of Moses on Mount Sinai, that he was serving as this intermediary, connecting us to the divine, this constant going back and forth, back and forth. And even the name Moshe means to draw out. And they say it's to draw out because he was drawn out of the water by, um, by Batya, by, by the daughter of, of, of Pharaoh. But maybe it's because what he did was he helped us draw out divine meaning from this powerful and, and confusing and even terrifying experience that we all went through. But still raises a question for me, which is why would we even need to believe that we had this experience? Why does God need Moses to tell us that we actually had this experience of God speaking to us. Why can't it just be that we had this powerful experience? Just leave it at that. And I think it's because our relationship with God is dependent on exactly that. It being a relationship with God. Right? If it was only Moshe who had, the rela- who had this profound experience and who had this relationship with God, who actually spoke with God, then we would actually turn Moses into some sort of deity. It would be this extremely distant faith, where we would depend on somebody else to connect us to God. Priest. A priest, right? Um, and that would go completely against the whole ethos of Judaism, which is that we had this relationship with God. So God needed us to feel as if we didn't really need Moshe, that we ourselves could be in a relationship with God. Which makes me wonder if the idea that this is a whole fabricated Relationship that God is telling Moses to tell us that we actually spoke with God directly, like, does that completely defeat the whole point of being in a relationship with God? And I don't think it does defeat the point. Because either God actually did inform Moses to tell us that God spoke to us, which means that God actually intended for us to hear, and there actually God intended for us to be in a relationship with God, or... Moshe wanted us to believe so much because Moshe understood that Judaism couldn't thrive just by having this intermediary, but we all had to be in relationship with God directly. Moses was humble enough to be able to put his ego aside and know that it's not about him, it's about our relationship with God. Which brings me back to this whole concept of the, the powerful moment. Like, Did we all actually hear God speak these Ten Commandments? Did we all have this really powerful experience at Sinai. Um, and the fact is, I think we all can say we all had a powerful experience. By the way, you all were there. You may not realize it, but you all were there, right? We all were there at Sinai, and we all had this powerful experience. And we all have profound, powerful experiences throughout our lives. And sometimes it's really hard to make sense of what it is that we're experiencing, but this is a lesson for us to realize that in those moments... Maybe it is, in fact, God speaking to us. And we don't have Moshe Rabbeinu there to tell us, in fact, that is what we are experiencing. But we have Torah. And we have 
this assurance that we are, in fact, in relationship with God one way or another. Uh, and when we have those experiences, we know that we can say, this is us in, in commune with Hashem. And uh, so the next time you have that powerful experience, uh, you'll have to turn back and just say, thanks, God. I'm back at you. So, uh, it reminds me of the, 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 the